So, my pleasure to have Hunter Moffrey with us today. So, welcome. Thank you. So, I just want to start off just a little bit about um, why we're here for starters is just to talk a little bit about your company. So, just give them a little bit of that, and then we'll go back into growing up, influences, and then, you know, how you got ready for what you're doing right now. But just for starters, tell me a little bit about what uh, Trophy Case is. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Trophy Case. It's, uh, it's actually a dedicated network for athletes. And the goal is for athletes to find and connect with their sports community. And uh, what we're doing inside, this is a mobile application on iOS and Android. And really what we're looking for athletes to do is to uh, curate their statistics, their social multimedia, their highlights, their personal player information, uh, all in one spot. Um, we have this open to all ages, levels, and actually 85 different sports. And, uh, and <clears throat> you know, really we see this as a positive form of social media um, that can capture um, really the, the sports resume or long-term evolution of an athlete. Um, it's not geared, you know, specifically towards, you know, recruiting or um, there, there's many of different uh, paths that an athlete can take. Um, our focus is to provide a platform for athletes that they can connect with, you know, their community, whatever that may be, whether it's uh, baseball, football, MMA, uh, esports is on the same trajectory as a, um, you know, as a baseball would be. Uh, so really, just looking to give uh, them the opportunity, understanding that every journey will be a little bit different. Just an innovative platform that's dedicated to athletes to capture it. Anybody involved in? No. So Jacob in the back plays baseball. So awesome. How many other At SEC? Yeah. Nice. And basketball. Who's as well. the coach there now? Uh, Bill Creighton and Billy Creighton. Billy Creighton, yes. I know Billy. Is he the one that played? Did he play Division One? I? I think yeah, my son played. Like, uh, down. UNC I was gonna okay. say down south, UNC. Yeah. You so pitched here, right? I did. Yes, I pitched for uh, Tim Andy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I coached here when Tim was the coach. He was a great coach. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a good man. So, um, anybody do esports here? You guys know what esports is? Yeah. Yeah. Chandler, I, he's not here today, but that's actually the business that he's trying to start. Okay. Uh, so I uh, was talking to him about uh, Frederick Freeman, who's helping. Oh yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Esports is interesting. We I actually went to my first event. It was uh, ESL World Tour down in uh, Barclays in Brooklyn and. Oh really? They had a game. It was called Counter Strike Go, um, but you know. So did you play? I didn't play. No, we. Did, I just wanted to go there and see the atmosphere and the event itself, uh, which was incredible. I mean, they had. They said they packed the whole stadium, so I'm not sure what the total attendance would be. Um, wow. By the end of the day, but I mean, it's it's really just fans because you get the picture of two teams up on stage. They bring all their computers. Their uh, I'm not. Um, I don't know, have all the terminology and parts that they bring, but, you know, computers, mice, you know, everyone yeah. has their own, and they have their screen, but it's team versus team. It's on, the, on the computer and being streamed, but it's live, so all the fans are there cheering. They have, you know, it looks the same as you go to a baseball or football game. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's big vision, and it's going to be only bigger. I think it's only going to be. They said the streaming was getting uh, over 50 million views for these events. Wow. Some reaching wow. over a hundred million views. So not so only just, the people that are there, but the people around the world. Did you just have sign up some people while you're there? <laughs> uh, you, we we actually met with um, uh, an 
an individual who runs ESL. Oh, so really? we're working uh, with them. And next it's just individual so you don't give it away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so good. Well, so give me a, just, and then we'll jump into some questions. But a couple of things I, we, I want to go back. But before we do that, just where'd you get the idea for this? So why um, was this your idea or? Yeah, so trophy case, I mean, my vision came, I mean, from my sports background, I've played sports since uh, since a young age. I played baseball, football, basketball, soccer, uh, everything. Um, basically would have played every sport if I could have as a youth player. High school, I played baseball, football, and basketball. Um, college, I went on to play baseball and football at uh, University of Albany, then I came to SCC, and then I transferred to University of Bridgeport in baseball um, and finished up my baseball career there. Ultimately, I had some injuries, never played after uh, college um, from any you know, sports standpoint, but I still did, you know, I do CrossFit, I play, picked up golf, play that pretty competitively, I'm in the league, um, and then you know, softball, and I'm still, you know, consider myself You play athlete. softball? Yep. <laughs> you play, are you free on Monday nights? <laughs> we can talk later. I, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to uh, make a few games. All right. <laughs> So um, I just swing as hard as I possibly can and try to hit. Hope for the best. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So what's your strikeout ratio? Oh, I, I, don't, I won't strike out. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how that led back to trophy case, and I guess the other side of that is my business experience. Um, I started doing while I was getting my MBA at the University of Bridgeport. I started doing door-to-door -door sales, selling TV, internet, and phone. Um, then I went to Paychex, which was a payroll company selling business-to-business -business sales. And then I moved into uh, Franklin Covey, which was a management consulting company, uh, working with companies in the Northeast, uh, really just assessing their needs and you know helping them solve gaps in their company. Um, I thought, in combination of looking on social media, right? You have Facebook, you have Instagram, uh, you could basically take a picture of anything and post it, and people are going to like it or comment or follow. Um, Twitter, you know, obviously is now pictures and videos and some text. Um, and then there's a few other platforms out there as well as you guys might use. But I was like, why is there not anything better for, for an athlete? Uh, just because general social media doesn't really capture what an athlete needs. Um, and the other realm would be, you know, there is some recruiting sites, but they're just really... Um, they're so fragmented that the results are really limited. Um, so the vision of Trophy Case really came, why is there not something better for an athlete? Um, to show their career, put it in one spot, um, and essentially what we have now, the framework at a ground level would be um, like an aggregate. So we can take, if they're using other platforms as well, and put it in one spot, uh, which um, is really non-existent in the market. So you're really not competing with Facebook. You see that as complimentary or Instagram. Yeah, so we're not telling anyone to really eliminate their other social media pages. Um, actually, the average the average person has 7.5 social media accounts. Really? Uh, businesses are over that. It's over double digits from a social media perspective if you count like YouTube, everything. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yeah, we're not... We see it as, uh, as it could bring value, right? Um, so there might be a technology out there, I think one's Huddle. So they do some, some things with video and teams and kids might use this in high school for their teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, we're not telling them to eliminate Huddle, we could link it to their profile. So when you search John Smith, you kind of see a snapshot all in one spot. And if you want to click or view other um, which brings validation to our platform as well, 
other sites they may be on, um, you could do so easily. So were you always entrepreneurial when you were like a kid? Did you, were you the kid with the lemonade stand or, you know, did you see yourself this being your pathway? I guess I have always been somewhat entrepreneurial. I, uh, actually going back to a young age, I mean, every, everyone has a phone. Um, I've always made money off the new phones coming out. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so you just sell your old phone on whatever it was, eBay or Craigslist or something else, then you buy the new phone. So I, I made money off of that. Wow. Um, but my first job, I mean, I started working when I was 14, just doing landscaping. Um, if I didn't play any sports and uh, go to college, um, might be some, my two best friends that they run that multi-million dollar landscaping company in the area. And that's a good shot of where I would have been somewhat of a part of that was, at this point. That was one that you helped start? Well, I... We started together that obviously wow. I went down the, they, everyone went to college, but that was more of their, um, you know, their focus, their passion. Uh, where mine kind of led back to sports and trophy case and different business routes. But uh, yeah, I started working at a young age and uh, I've worked at Praise Shopper for about 10 years um, through high school and college and going back in summers and vacations and uh, just about worked in every department. And your wife, Austin, you both have a business together. Uh, yes, so my wife, my wife uh, she was at GE and then she transitioned into real estate, um, which uh, uh, she's been in the real estate industry for just about four years and um, kind of simultaneously after we got married, uh, we started, we called it a land development company. So we've basically done a project every year, uh, which has been building uh, kind of like spec homes. So we find a piece of land, uh, you build a house, and then you sell it. Um, How many have you done of those? So we've done, so it's been a mixture of different projects. So two houses, um, we actually built and uh, still own, we didn't sell it, it's an eight unit apartment complex. Um, that's in, there might be a vacancy, it's in Campbell Road in Rotterdam. All right. So yeah, anyone's, <laughs> if looking, anyone's looking for an it's apartment. It's not flooding right now, is it? <laughs> no, it's okay. not, it's not. Um, and uh, last year we did a duplex. Wow. So how do you fund that? You fund it from the sale of the previous house and or property to the next one, or it kind of just started with some savings that we had um, around, you know, kind of after that about four years ago, and we we're like, you know, are we going? We invested a little bit, um, but we said, you know, this is what we want to do, and we see some, you know, as far as you know, margins and what we can make. Um, and my wife's family is in, has been in the uh, the real estate and land development industry. So we have some, some knowledge and helpers that um, can point us in the right direction. And uh, given her that she's in real estate, you know, she sees opportunities that come across her plate. So um, it's helped us really, you know. So you, we, we've, we've grown it over the years. I mean, essentially we started with nothing or, you know, what we had. Um, so you both have a pretty high tolerance for risk, it sounds like. Um, or, right? Uh, <clears throat> I would say yes. I mean, I would say my risk factor is probably actually definitely higher than my wife's. Uh, more, uh, my wife's are more, I wouldn't say more calculated, but um, <laughs> less You're risky. more like you would jump out of the plane and maybe there's a parachute or not, but <laughs> maybe your wife wants to. I would never go skydiving, but. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just wouldn't risk that much. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess you know it's. 
a majority of them are calculated, pretty calculated risks. So I talked to them a little bit about financing for your company. So right now you're the you have taken on no no uh, investments whatsoever, and that was intentional. Now you did make some pitches, but you made kind of a calculated decision that you didn't want to take on investors initially, yeah. right? Why is that? And now things have changed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I'm not sure how, I guess to take a step back is, you know, it's it's definitely, it's 20, 2019, it's not the early 2000s where you could raise tens to $50 million on an idea. Um, it's just kind of changed a little bit from a technology perspective. And, you know, what we're doing at Trophy Case is, uh, you know, essentially a freemium model, uh, whereas it's really, you know, based on users and we can monetize off them um, at a certain point. And we have definitely other strategies that are into it that we've learned from the social media that's out there. Uh, but, you know, if you think about uh, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you know, some of those companies waited five, more than five years to even turn on revenue. Their focus was to grow the user base, right? Um, and now when something on YouTube gets two billion hits, uh, they have all these algorithms and methods of paying people and viewers and things like that. Um, so really where, you know, it came to us is, you know, um, this was probably going back about eight months ago um, when we had a product, it was like a beta product um, on iOS, and uh, you know, I was the only investor into the company at that point. And we we have we've had interest. We've been doing um, investor meetings, and you know, people like the idea, right? Um, and they wanted really, I guess, a high percentage of the company. Um, let's say thirty to fifty percent of the company. For how much of an investment would that be? I guess. Yeah, and I mean, that was would only be for an investment of less than five hundred thousand dollars. So understanding that that would be helpful, it wouldn't be extremely helpful and we'd lose a large portion of the company and essentially losing control of the company uh, from myself and the other individuals that are here. Um, so we decided to, um, and I decided to just invest on my, on my own, put a little bit more into the company, get the iOS, get the Android, get it to market. Um, instead of showing you know, people you know, kind of um, you know, the beta and the test flight of it, of what we had, uh, so we brought the product to market. Um, this is going back uh, probably about five months ago, maybe four. Um, but we've uh, <clears throat> we've built organic growth off of it. So now um, we have over 500 users. We're not even we're really not even spending any money on marketing besides testing the market. Um, and just uh, and just last week, um, one of those tests was on um, Snapchat, and we spent a hundred dollars. We had over 100,000 views of the ad, which um, wow. I would say was basically the worst possible ad we could have made. It was something I made in about five minutes. Uh, very simple, just a video. Um, it had over, um, over 3,000 swipe ups, and then the App Store analytics was over 2,500 in the App Store, meaning people that went to the App Store to download it. And um, you know, that was, it was very exciting to see that just knowing that we're at the <laughs> basically the worst case scenario is we're driving 2,500 people to the download and um, it's exciting to because we know where we can improve and uh, I still actually to this day haven't checked what the, <laughs> the, the Android statistics were um, so it could be if not the same or higher but really, uh, going back to Rick's question and, you know, why haven't we taken on any money yet? Because we feel, um, 
you know, we just need to drive this to a point uh, with the traction, with the users, having the product. Um, it really puts us in um, a better, a really, a, a better position. Um, currently, we are raising $750,000 for 12.5% of the company, uh, which basically, you know, valuation uh, puts it at six million dollars uh, but more importantly that's the number that we see that could get us to not even the six million dollar valuation um, but can get us there pretty quickly less than 12 months and even higher um, if we get uh, when we get to over um, a hundred thousand downloads so how do you determine evaluation I think you guys understand what valuation is can you explain a little bit about that and really and then how do you come up with a figure because you're pre-revenue yeah so how do you come up with a number that says this is valued at this yeah, so I mean, you got, how many of you have seen Shark Tank? So it's, I mean, it's real, you know, they get to the numbers pretty quickly on that show. It's, uh, you know, how much you're raising. So it's, I guess we can keep the numbers pretty simple right now. If you're raising $100,000 for 10% of your company, um, basically you times that by 10. So you're valuing your company at a million dollars. So how did you get to the value that your company is worth oh, six yeah. million right now? Yeah. So my so my so we took so we're raising seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. The reason for that is because we need to build our product, our team, um, and also have money for sales and marketing. So within that, um, it kind of it, it's really broken down for about fifty percent of that money of the seven fifty. It's going to go into the product development. The other 25% sales and marketing, the other 25% uh, to building our team. Um, so those are the crucial numbers that we need to get to over 100,000 users as fast as possible, um, less than 12 months. Uh, with that being said, uh, we knew the amount of money we needed to get to the next step. Um, how we came up with a 12.5%, um, we really just see that as a as a fair number. Uh, coming up with a valuation pre-revenue, which we are, we're not making any money. Um, there's many different, I guess, comments or philosophies on it, uh, but ours is really based around getting to our next step and feeling though that if an investor would have come in um, at this point, uh, we know that, because um, our next goal would be to go from you know $6 million valuation to at least a seven, you know, right? improve upon our valuation. Um, but we know with X amount of users um, getting over that $100,000 mark that it's gonna um, increase our valuation. You mean your 100,000 user mark, is that what yeah. you Yeah, the value um, of our users, yeah. So, so and you, I take it like you have advisors <laughs> that help give you that guidance on that $6 million number, like Dan and others that yes. help you with that number? Yes, so I mean, there's, uh, I mean, typically at this, at this stage, you know, people like to invest in anywhere from, uh, you know, some people are going to say the valuation's high. Uh, I mean, if you have over time, and I know some companies have done this, over time, you do a lot of different pitches, and over yeah. and over and over, you keep getting, we'd like to invest in you, but the valuation is too high. At some point, you may yeah. need to make it, if you, and companies do do that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we'll take some questions okay. next. So with the 100,000 users, is that a, like a, a point where if you hit that, it's um, for marketing or so forth, like you think you can bring in more revenue because you hit that point? Is there is like a metric a, of some sort? Exactly, so going back to that, I guess, example about YouTube, they didn't turn revenue on to five, five years later. Um, 
we're at a day and age where things have changed a little bit, so we're probably going to turn it on a little, you know, sooner versus later. Um, but that's not guaranteed. But to answer your question directly, is there are metrics behind what is the value of an athlete? So if we have a hundred thousand athletes and they are valued at twenty dollars per athlete that's on the platform, um, you know, from from the mathematical standpoint, is that's two million dollar valuation, um, which it would with just athletes. Um, so that's really where we come to that, you know, what's the number of athletes we need, what's the value, and then we have the other side of our business, which is sports affiliates, um, and they're actually valued at um, about $300 a user. Um, so these are very conservative values actually based on the market for paid and unpaid users, uh, but that are, those are just some of the components that we built together to get to the valuation and to get to the break-even point of what we need to get to from a user standpoint and which users that we need. So there is, uh, there's multiple components that went into it. Um, and some of it's also based on our business model itself. So we have a paid and unpaid platform. And then we also have like a freemium platform so you can upgrade. Um, so that is factored into the athlete side as well. So I, Personally, I commend you on starting an app. I know how hard it is. I'm invested in an app right now, awesome. and it's been really up, up and down as far as breaking into the market that we're trying to go. It's on the stock market, and I invested in the stock market. Okay. But um, do you have any plans to have a professional athlete endorse this? It's a great question. Um, so yes, and actually, uh, that's. So part of our marketing plan um, is actually in process right now. I <laughs> look forward to announcing some names in the, in the very near future. Uh, but yes, I mean, athletes, professional athletes, are obviously what youth athletes are going to aspire to, right? Um, that's the pinnacle level. And right now, actually, Ron Jaworski, I'm not sure how familiar you are with football. Um, Jaws, Ron Jaworski. He was a quarterback for the Eagles for 17 years. He's actually one of our um, stakeholders and advisors of the company. Oh, wow. Um, so he has, uh, you know, he's obviously played at pinnacle of success in the NFL. Um, he actually relates this also to, uh, he's the chairman of the AFL, um, Arena Football League, and, uh, you know, sees how it can bring value to that league and level, uh, but also his experience with his daughters who played uh, field hockey. Regardless of how much money anyone had, or the resources just weren't available for field hockey um, from a high school level to get to college. Um, so um, we plan to, we're actually, we have narrowed down to 85 sports to about 10 sports, and uh, we're actually bringing on influencers from each of those top 10 sports verticals that are at the professional level. And you go, and that's why like, he goes to events. Like you went, I remember, didn't you say you went to an event where there was, there was a golf event that Tom Brady was at or something, right? <laughs> we went to, well, Ron Jaworski had a celebrity golf tournament uh, where there was many uh, um, uh, football uh, coaches and that. We actually uh, played golf with a um, uh, defensive coordinator from the Raiders. Uh, oh, really? Paul, I hate the Raiders. Paul G. <laughs> so one thing I want to highlight, so this is something I talked about in the past, about the idea of working locally, right? So, right, you, you benefited from the AFL, him coming into Albany, right? Yes. So it's kind of like, and then it still has a national and international reach. So a lot of times it's just like before he has to start flying out and meeting with other folks, there's people who are here right now that you can 
um, maximize that exposure and you know have influencers like Jaws is huge. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be a mixture of everything. I mean, you bring up a great point, right? Because obviously, athletes are going to aspire to you know, let's say let's say Gronk did a post, right? Yeah. Um, and he has uh, ten at least ten million yeah. followers, yeah. probably um, across all of his platforms. Mm -hmm. um, you know, many athletes would see that and be you know, like, "Oh, cool! What's Gronk promoting?" Oh, yeah. um, so that's definitely in our mix, but we also we're also working on what we're calling like the influencer program for athletes. You know, the high school, um, the youth and high school athletes that um, that are going to be our main you know users that can grow with this, and working out with some you know prizes and incentives that uh, we can give to them for for sharing it. Because mm -hmm. um, you think about it, let's say. I actually just saw a high school kid that has like 30,000 followers. And I'm sure there's someone that has more than that too, but it's like, um, you know, this didn't really exist when, when we were growing up as, as athletes. So, um, which is what you if, said if before. You, if like you have a handful, I mean, you can look at it from both ways, you know. It's going to be a little bit harder for us to get some of these pro athletes right now, just given where we're at as a company. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to get a few, um, but if we also look at it from the opposite perspective, there's. 40 million youth athletes. Right. If we give all of them an incentive to share this, you know, to 10 people, and they have a thousand or 5,000 followers each, mm -hmm. it could grow just as quickly or even faster from that ground level. Right. Um, so, and people like that feeling. I think sometimes when you feel like I found something that nobody else knows about, there's a little bit of that. Like, you ever have like a favorite rock band that actually gets a number one hit, and it's like, oh yeah, I don't like them anymore. Like, <laughs> I liked it when they nobody knew about it. You know? So. <laughs> But you know they like to tell their friends like they're they're like an influencer. Um, I want to get something before real quick because this is really one. Okay, sorry. I, no, no, no. Don't. I want to hear more about the app. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, talk the app class. So um, you just made a decision. So we talked this week. So this is one of the things I want to highlight was you had a job, Franklin Covey, you talked about, and now you decided this week, right, or a couple weeks ago, yeah. that it was time to go full time. Yeah. How long has it been? Yeah, it's been a few weeks now. Oh, it's been a few weeks. Half. Okay. Yeah. So how much did, what, number one, like, how long did it take you to kind of finally get to that? What was the, the straw, maybe that's not a good expression, the straw burger camel's eye, but what was the, the factor where you said, okay, it's time to do it? Yeah. And so, then how hard of a decision was that? Yeah, so what Rick is um, describing is, so I have worked at Franklin Covey for about five years. Um, about three weeks ago, I, my last day was at the end of, uh, month is it? October. The end of September. Okay. Last day of September. So um, I ended up resigning from Franklin Covey. You know, I was at the point where uh, basically for the last, over the last year and a half, um, it's been a mixture of uh, working a full-time job, working on a startup. Uh, you know, the land development and other things are still things that take up time, but mostly on, on the weekend and um, lower on the totem pole. Um, <laughs> In, uh, also in conjunction of having a family, a wife, and I have an 18-month-old uh, daughter. Um, long story short is uh, I need to, we're at a point with Trophy Case um, that we just got to keep everything going based on the interest from a local, regional, national, and even global perspective, um, where the technology's at, with the funding we're raising, and the opportunity we have. Um, it is a risk, I know you asked about risk earlier, um, but I need to dedicate, um, you know, let's say the 80 hours a week that I was spending on multiple things into, into uh, one focus to drive this to the next level. 80 hours a week. 
Wow. It's wow. a rare sleep. Uh, it's sleep, it's sleep from like 12 to 5 every day. Yeah, wow. Like wow. <laughs> um, so, and, and how do you feel like you're less divided now? And how has that, even in the last three weeks, I mean, do you see already a change? Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's, uh, it's good. I, uh, I changed it on LinkedIn. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't really have trophy cases.